0: Welcome to A Creative Life with Castella and Samantha Lawrence. I'm Cass. And I'm Sam. And we like to think of ourselves as your creative business besties. This podcast is all about living your best
1: creative life. We're here to guide you through the ups and downs of life as a creative entrepreneur.
0: All whilst following your intuition and listening to your soul whispers. Let's dive in. Hey, Sam. Hey Cass, how are you going? Good, how are you? I am good. I'm very excited about our
1: guest today. Yeah, me too. We have um, Rachel Turner from Front Porch
2: Properties with us today. Hey Rach. Hey guys. Hey Sam and Cass. Great to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, thank you.
1: We're so excited to chat with you Rach and find out more about you and your story and um, yeah, if you're listening to this, um, head over to Front Porch Properties on Instagram and you can have a little sneak peek while we're chatting. Um, but yeah, we're going to first off um, dive into a card, Sam, before we kick off uh, our chat.
0: So I'll hand it over to you. Wonderful. Well, welcome, Rach. I'm so, so excited to have you here. And I have pulled a card from the Dreaming Moon deck, um, which is such a gorgeous deck, Soul Whispers. And with the intention to support the journey that you're going to share with us today. Um, so I'm so interested to hear what you think about it. So this card is follow the path of the least resistance. And what it says is when you feel stuck, listen carefully, the path of least resistance doesn't mean the easy path. It means that there is an energetic pull an attraction to a certain decision. Watch the way your energy changes when you need to make a choice. Flow with that, pull like a river, for resisting the flow will only waste your energy. So what from what I do know of your journey and where you've gone in life, um, I'm so intrigued to hear how you've sort of felt this pull and energetic pull that's guided you through life. So um, it may be something that will come up in, in the interview today but we'll uh, see how you feel about that. Sure. Thank you, Sam. That's lovely. Thank you. I love that. It's
1: yeah, that's a really beautiful card to to start off our chat, I think, because yeah, just knowing all the different avenues you've taken, Rach, like it'll be really mm. interesting to hear like what has pulled you in those different directions. So I can't wait to get into that. Um, so let's like, let's start off by hearing um, more about you, Rachel. Um, who you are, what you do. Um, we'll start off there, and then, and maybe, yeah, your journey into where you are now.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I am a licensed builder, and yeah, founder and owner of my construction business, Front Porch Properties. Thanks for the introduction earlier to that, Sam or Cass. Um, yeah, we, um, we build homes for people. Yeah, um, renovations and new builds. Um, yeah, it's a, a wild and exciting journey. Um, yeah, actually, um, a, yeah, a huge turn of events, a twist in the story is I'm only newly a builder, actually. At age 30, I um, decided to change careers. Um and become a builder. Um, but before that, I was a classical pianist. So um, yeah, I'm from country New South Wales. And um, when I was 17, I moved to Brisbane to study classical piano at the Conservatorium of Music. Um, completed my degree and um yeah, and then started a music school and was running a music school for 10 years. Um, And, yeah, I really loved it but probably wasn't in love with it. And, um, yeah, there was this pull, as you alluded to, Sam, um, that just drew me back to, um, uh, I guess, this pull from my childhood uh, towards design, construction, building houses, all of that sort of stuff. I can remember as a little girl um, always being intrigued by um, floor plans and house elevations, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I can remember sketching, um, you know, in my free time, floor plans or redesigning um, my yeah, family home and um, all that kind of stuff.
1: Mom, this is how I think we should lay out that house. Yeah, oven. I
2: actually remember that. You know, I've chatted to my mum. I've chatted to my mum about that in recent years, and she doesn't remember that. She doesn't remember this about my childhood. Really? Um, and w- uh, yeah, probably it would have been just such a little small, tiny part, um, n- yeah, that I never was kind of, um, I probably never really identified it in, in myself at the time even, you know, yeah. um, that I had yeah. this kind of, um, this, pas- this sort of passion. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, I was um, doing classical piano all through my childhood. Um, yeah, really grateful to my mum and dad for putting me through piano lessons for my whole life. Um, Yeah, and then getting the opportunity to go to the conservatorium was pretty special. It's not easy to get accepted there. So I went down that whole um, career path for, yeah, a long time. But then, yeah, uh, at age 30, I just really, really, really wanted to become a builder. (laughs) And um, so... I remember telling my husband that at the time, Simon, we are no longer married, unfortunately, but um, he was probably a bit taken aback at the idea, Um, but yeah, was was supportive. Um, But I decided not to tell anyone else about this sort of secret journey passion because it sounds bloody crazy (laughs) to go from um, piano to construction but you know sometimes um, in life only you know um, you know what's inside you what you're capable of and what you're kind of destined to do and what you know that you're really good at. Yeah. But I just knew that I, it's not something that I could comfortably communicate with others because they wouldn't understand it. And I probably mm-hmm. just couldn't be bothered going through the headspace of dealing with people's opinions. Yeah. So um, I just secretly pursued it on my own with Simon's support. Um, and that whole journey to get my builder's licence took five years. Grueling, hard slog. Um yeah, but that's that's what happened. So it started off by um, buying and renovating and selling houses for myself right. or for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first one we did, I don't know how we kind of scrounged money together to do the very first one. Um, somehow we did and then that one sold the first day on the market and, um, yeah, just did did well and I, it, it went kind of a bit viral on the internet, which was sort of the very beginning of the start of the business. It sort of just picked up momentum Um, really quickly and um, I remember that very first Renault. just feeling that huge um, inspiration or feeling where you know you're working in your you know creative zone of genius your um yeah where you're born to be I remember feeling that you know that excitement Mm. um and just knew from then that I have to do this um yeah I know that um I can make a go of this and but with zero experience, no clue what I was doing, no family in construction, no idea and <laughs> we just really fumbled our way through. Um, yeah and um, Simon was really a big part of that very first one um, but he had, he's also has no um, experience in construction. He was an aeronautical engineer for Boeing Defence so a totally separate career and he still has that same um, that same career but um. Yeah, he, um, yeah, su- supported me through it all. Um, so, yeah, we uh, kept sort of doing that and then did some assisting homeowners. Um, I wasn't a licensed builder at this point, so we're still, again, just kind of fumbling through but was offering help to people. Um, people would kind of engage me to oversee and help. And um, then the next couple that I did um, ended up in Home Beautiful magazine and, um, yeah, then the business just kept getting this momentum and, uh, and even still to this day I feel like um, business is kind of over here and I'm forever kind of trying to catch up to it and figure out, <laughs> figure out what I'm doing and just bumble my way <laughs> through it to kind of, uh, um, yeah, match the direction of where the business was going. Um, wow. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I worked really hard in those early days um, to kind of make it and, you know, totally changing careers. I closed the music school down and launched this whole new career. So that was scary as heck. Um, but, you know, I hustled hard because I felt like, you know, I um, really wanted really wanted to forge my way in construction um, and do that as a woman um, with no real support ar- around me but just was... Um, so determined to, to to make it work, and um, yeah, now here we are, um, years later. I turn um, 39 at the end of the year, so um, I guess I've been in it for nearly a decade now. Wow, <laughs> that's it's quite a while. Um, <laughs> it goes
1: quickly when you love what you do.
2: <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Um, but you know, yeah, really for the first few years, I don't know if I was really making any money. I don't yeah. think so. Um, <laughs> you know, that's the that's the thing as a business owner and entrepreneur, yeah. you. It's a long game, isn't it? Is. it? It's a long it game, is. and it's just about showing up every single day. Um, even if it's just putting one small step into action every single day, feels like nothing much is getting achieved on a daily basis, but those things pay dividends or it, it um, exponentially grows um, after a certain point. You know, you kind of get to a point, you just. Um, slowly plodding along but then eventually that persistence pays off and then it's it's kind of exponential you girls would both know that being in business so um yeah so that's that's where it is now and um yeah I can't believe the 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 homes that we get to build yeah um yeah Yeah. it's sort of moved obviously from building for myself to building for clients now um most of most of what we do, yeah, is building for clients. So
1: good. What does your business look like now, Rach? Like with with you having your clients, like what is your team? You have a team around you? Like how does that look at the moment?
2: Yeah, I do have a team around me. Thank God for that. (laughs) I didn't think you were like building these places yourself. Yeah, no, no obviously there's, there's always been people, wonderful, wonderful people, lots of trades, excellent trades and carpenters and all of that. Um, yeah, but now also I have some office support too. So, uh, yeah, I, I went through a divorce last year um, or the separation was two years ago now actually. The divorce was last year and there was, um, yeah, a point 18 months ago or so where I was just so swamped and overwhelmed with work and um, – You know, business was cruising along. There was a lot going on. Um, But I was overwhelmed and had too much on my plate and was also grieving a separation. Um, And then beautiful Bronwyn stepped into my life miraculously. She just reached out via um, email um, and um, said, I have these skills. I think I can help you. Do you need help? Wow. and i did need help. <laughs> <laughs> can you start yesterday? <laughs> yes. Um so yeah, she came on board and truly has changed my life. Um yeah, she's a wonderful wonderful woman. Love you Bron. Yep. <laughs> Thanks oh, for everything you do that. for me. And then That's 6 so months great. later, another wonderful lady, Tara reached out to me via email, exactly the same thing but with a different wow. different skill set. Um, yeah, more kind of strategy and accounts, um, stuff that I suck at (laughs) (laughs) and, um, yeah. And then she came on board as well. And yeah, that's, um, that's obviously changed the business a lot for me, um, has afforded me the luxury of, um, taking a step back, taking a massive step back. And I think that's the biggest way that the business has changed is it's gone from a really hard hustle which I was happy to do at the time. But now, you know, many years later, I kind of can't be bothered hustling hard anymore, you know. (laughs) I really want to um, relax and enjoy life. And I want the business, well, this has always been the case actually, but especially the older I get, I really want the business to work for me. I don't work for the business. The business must work for me. And I think that's kind of, um, yeah, like a, a secret to to, to business, is that if you're going to be in business and have to go through everything that's involved in business, it's a hard slog, as you know. Um, if you are going to put yourself in that position of all the extra stress and anxiety, hard work, startup business, all of that. Um, yeah, eventually you have to make sure that it it bends and bows to you. Otherwise, what's Mm. the point? What's the point in being a business?
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, Yeah, so, you know, I'm constantly assessing um, who I am and how I like to operate and my natural state of being and how I like to live and then I think to myself, how can I make the business fold around that work work to suit yeah. me so I'm always just looking for new little new little ways um, yeah
1: I love that you talk about like you you are you and then your business is your business like it's not like you are your business and I think yeah like sometimes we can get really caught up like I have found that because my business is my name sometimes I get caught up in like you know I am the business but we aren't the business the business is it's own thing almost and, and yes, we're the driver of the business, but you're right. Like, I think that's such a really nice way of looking at it. Um, to keep that little distance so that you can, um, make good decisions and the right decisions for your business?
2: Well, I mean, it's both really, isn't it? Like the passion of it means that your career and you personally becomes one and you want it to be that way, right, because you feel like you're working in your flow and it's not really work, it's your passion. That's right. So from a passion perspective, it is all one. But from a very practical business perspective, no way. The business is separate from me and I need to make decisions that protect myself, that, um, yeah, preserve my freedom yeah, um, and that, yeah, Mm. that totally... Totally work for me. So um, yeah, like I said, I'm just always kind of assessing um, where am I now? What do I, what do I feel, um, and how can I yeah, adapt the business to suit. So this year, um, like I said, I'm really trying to um, take a step back and relax and enjoy the process more. So I was thinking to myself, well, what things do I really hate in business at the moment? What do I not like? I don't like being called in the early in the morning. I don't like the <laughs> bloody phone ringing <laughs> and me having to um, like problem solve early in the morning and um, deal with tradespeople, mm-hmm. um, or like hustle hard on emails in the morning. I just don't want to do that. I've, I've realised that I actually like a very, very peaceful morning routine I like to, um, I still wake up early, but I, that's a special time, a special sacred time in the morning to do whatever I want, um, yes. which is, you know, it's nothing special necessarily, but it's how I've crafted it and how I want it. Yeah. So, it's you know, just spending time with my dogs, sitting on the front porch with, you know, a cup of coffee front or a of water or front something. Porch. Front porch. front porch? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little Obviously, I love front porches. <laughs> 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 um yeah, and then, and then um, I've recently decided that I love yoga. I mean, I've been doing yoga mm-hmm. for years and years, but um, just this year I realised, oh, I actually don't really like high-intensity training anymore. You know, the older I get, I, you know, it takes, it's, it's hard on the body. I really enjoy um yeah, how yoga feels. I used to hate it. I wasn't patient enough for it, but I love the feeling of it and stretching and just feels so good. Yeah. So um, yeah. so I've decided, well, I'm going to go to the eight o'clock yoga class every morning now. Yes. So I've got this slow, go slow morning routine. I'm <laughs> going to go to yoga at eight o'clock and I come back and by nine o'clock, okay, I'm ready to switch on now. You can talk to me, but don't talk to me before oh, nine I love o'clock. It.
1: <laughs> and so what does that mean? What have you set up in order to um, So does
2: someone else take those calls or? Yes, sometimes Tara and Bron do take those calls. I mean, it's not always the case. Sometimes there are emergencies in construction and I do have to answer the phone. But in general, I just, um, you know, maybe it just means touching base with the carpenters the day before in the afternoon, the day before, making sure they're all good and set up Mm -hmm. um, and that they won't need to necessarily need any help or anything the following morning. So um, is
0: that um, is a big part of that then, Rach? Having good trades that work for you, and how and how have you built that up over the years to find this?
2: Yeah, that's probably be, always been the biggest. Well, currently, right now, in business in construction, which is the case for many builders, that is the big the big issue because you know construction is going through a crisis at the moment. Lots of builders are either going bust or just throwing in the towel or deciding, okay, I'm going to take a year off and take my kids around Australia and travel or take a year-long secondment or something like that Mm -hmm. just to escape what's currently happening um, in the industry. It's, yeah, very trying times. Um, So, yeah, I've had some wonderful, wonderful um, trades and carpenters over the years in my business. They're they're, They're the backbone of the business. I'm nothing without them, right? Um, so I've had some real, real great ones, but yeah, currently it is hard. It's hard to get people because you know there was this boom in construction two years ago pre-COVID. The boom happened because, um, well, for a few reasons, there was that government incentive. Yeah. Um, you could get a grant to renovate. Um, also, people weren't traveling, so they had money to spend on their homes, and also people were working from home, so they were spending time in their home and realizing things that they wanted to do on you know, to renovate or improve their home. So all those things together kind of created this perfect storm for this boom in construction, um, which was a very healthy boom for six months or so. And then things turned and it's now become an unhealthy boom because of supply and demand, Um, yeah, um, and all the increases in materials due to COVID, um, and then so much work on that, uh, you know, carpenters are going out on their own. Um, Yeah. So... Um, yeah, or, or trades are all just so heavily booked that, you know, you have to schedule so far in advance um, and then things go wrong on job sites, there's delays and so you have to schedule again and schedule again and schedule again. And, you know, construction and building is really a logistics scheduling game. You know, it's not like a retail game where you walk into a shop, hand over some cash and get a T-shirt in exchange. It's just scheduling. Um, so, yeah, so obviously... Um, that's that's a big, big problem at the moment, scheduling and trades. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We're just kind of making our way through as um, best we can. And, um, yeah, as I was saying to you before we started, Sam, um, yeah, we can't control all of those things. We can't control increases in materials and trade shortages, but we can control um, clients who we decide to work for. Um, so I'm very thankful to say that I've got exceptionally good clients um, at the moment um, and yeah, just careful to um, work with people that I um, really connect with and that understand the crisis that's happening. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what what we're doing to make it through is just being being yeah more more careful and aware and yeah um, yeah.
1: And that probably leads us to um, you. You're now working with clients that like really do trust you and and the crea- and your creative process and has it um that's obviously been a journey like to get to that um you know because obviously when in the beginning you you're trying to make a name for yourself and all that sort of thing how did that journey go with um you know working with clients and getting to a point where yeah they can now really trust you
2: yeah, it's great now because of exactly that reason. People do really trust us to, to understand their vision. I think part of that is being a woman in construction um, because a, a house, a home, is often the, the woman's domain, you know, the yeah. wife's domain. Yeah. Um, she's the one that really cares about yeah. the look and feel and the function of the home. So for a mother or a wife to be able to communicate to a female builder... I mean we're already miles ahead, right, woman Absolutely. to woman, vision to vision. I can understand 100%. Um, what she's trying to create. Um, so that's the first thing. And secondly, um, yeah, we have a really niche style. Um, I th- the catch, the little, uh, what do you call it, tagline, tagline. for the business is um, storybook homes with a modern charm, So, which is, you know, the, the fusion of that charm and um storybook feel and um, farmhouse, cottage, yes, barnhouse, well. yeah, Cape that, Cod yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah, I yeah love but it. fused with, you know, the more sophisticated clean lines and, um, you know, modern fittings and finishes. So that modern classic fusion is kind of that sweet spot in my opinion. I think and I just personally love the style. I love I just love that style. Um, but then also from a more commercial perspective, I think that style is very smart because it's timeless you know, um, like all those traditional shapes like gables, verandas, wraparound porches, um, you know, more traditional roof lines, all that kind of stuff, it's going to look good forever. Absolutely. Yes. Um, So I'm never going to do a skillion roof style home or a flat roof style home or um, I think there's a place for that for sure um, but it doesn't speak to me. Um, and I think homes should have that, that charm, that real sweet homey feel, which, yeah. Is, yeah. which is what you get when you put all these beautiful elements together. And that's why I love living in Brisbane because we have the luxury of having, you know, 150-year-old homes up here. So they've already got that charm to start with. Um, you know, these old Queenslanders, they're often quite cute to start with. But they're just a bit run down and yeah, got some tired. daggy things going on. So, if you strip off all that daggy stuff but keep the integrity, the structure, the beautiful traditional lines, and just add all this, um, yeah, some just some nice sophistication to it, then yeah. you've got, you know, a match made in heaven, right?
1: Did you um, grow up in a, in a character home like that, or, or where did that um, love of that style come from?
2: Um, yeah, yeah, we did grow up in a little, um, yeah, cute cottage. My mum and dad still. Still live in that in that home in um, northern New South Wales where I grew up. Um, I don't really know how I first kind of stumbled across it. It's it's quite American inspired, I would say. Um, mm. Yeah, classic American style really speaks to me. Um, yeah, and I have I have been to the states. Um, I, I don't really know yeah how, it was like um, yeah, just
1: what you gravitate towards, I suppose like when you have it right. yeah. yeah, like a selection in front of you you just yeah your your that speaks to you that speaks to your soul exactly. like that style so you've obviously I just love run that. with that yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. love that it's almost unexplainable it's like I don't know I just like that yes. yeah <laughs> it's like
0: who you are like we talk a lot about uncovering your style mm. and how that is like an extension of who you are yes. and I love how you did classical piano like classical music yes and now it's like classical architecture that you build like that's yes. just you like yeah. that's The essence of you in whatever you do and it's just so beautiful how it's just natural.
2: Well, I think everyone's got got their own natural, you know, style and that's often the very first thing that we recommend to clients when they're trying to pull together their vision is we ask them to send us their own inspiration and they're like, oh, how do I find that? And, you know, if you're just scrolling through Pinterest, right, and the things that you're saving, you you know, you save uh, photos to albums, if you do that for a while and then a few months later look back on that album, there's a theme there. There's a theme there which you might not really um, consciously be aware of but subconsciously you've got Absolutely. that style that you're naturally yeah. drawn to. So that's a really good tip if you're trying to identify your own personal, you know, interior design aesthetic. Just see, you look back at your Pinterest folder, you'll see this theme that appears. It might be that there's always brass tapware or it might be that there's always this coastal wallpaper or something and then from that you can just pull together. You'll know you'll know what your style is. It will speak to you and then you form it from there. You, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have much creative license in the process when you're working, you know, you've got architectural plans and then the client tells you what
2: they want. Do you get to put your spin on it much? Yeah, it's often uh, it's often both. Right now we've got a couple of clients where, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of ask them, or will try and fish out of them what it is that they think they want mm. and they said, no, Rachel, do whatever you want. Ah. Do whatever you want. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, yeah. Other times um, clients are really particular um, and are really able to guide the direction and that's also fun. Mm. Um, one or the other is fun. Somewhere in the middle where a client is a bit wishy-washy, that's more difficult to manage. Yeah. But um, if the client just lets you have free reign or if the client's really specific on their style, then, you know, I'm happy to work with um, with both of those. Yeah. Mm. That's
0: so cool. I love that you, that you are creative and want to do that. Like sometimes when people say, oh, do what you want, it can be a bit like overwhelming. You don't know what to do, but I love that you love that. You're like, yeah, let me go. I'll go for it. I know what to do.
2: Yeah, I do. I do love that. And I'll just do because um, the client's giving me the luxury of being able to do that? So I'll just do whatever I'm currently loving at the time, whatever speaks to me, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and hope that the client loves it as well. Yeah,
1: and it's probably like side tangent, but I like I love watching you play piano on um, <laughs> stories. Like, and so you're obviously still really in touch with that. It's obviously you've done it for so so long ever since you were little, and does that feed your creativity? Like it seems to me like it's like another outlet for you. Like, you know, how, how does that, um, does that help you in your, like I guess, you know, it's very much to do with mindfulness and, um, you know, probably calming down after like a very, mm. your business would, you know, this industry is so like busy and overwhelming and, you know, go, go, go. Um, yeah, how what does that look like like in your your life right now?
2: Yeah, well, I loved piano growing up and um, then I went to the conservatorium. And the conservatorium is pretty hardcore. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, there's, you just sit in a room by yourself and practice Beethoven all day long or Mozart. Wow. Um, it's isolating. Um, yeah, and you've got incredible lecturers, but they expect a lot. And to be honest, something happens in that process where the passion dies. Yeah. Um, uh, and that probably did happen for me a little bit. And then, you know, it's all about it being perfect. You know, classical mm-hmm. piano, um, you've you got to play it perfectly. There's a score and you need to play it as the composer intended. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's less about the luxury of playing it for pleasure and passion and more about, oh, get this exactly right. Um, and so something died. My passion died for it. Um, and... And I was probably a real perfectionist at the time. And if I couldn't get it perfect, then I just, you know, didn't inspire me. And so I stopped playing for years and years and years. And then I went through the divorce and um, didn't have a, didn't have a, I moved house, didn't have a piano, um, and was going to sell the piano. This is my grand piano, which is dear to me. Um, And I was going to sell it and just never look at piano ever again. (sighs) And then, um, yeah, a few people all around the same time um, recently, um, so oddly, uh, just all at the same time, they said, "Hey, you should, you should play the piano again." My old, my very first, my piano teacher who taught me growing up, um, Helen, she reached out to me and said, "Rachel, use music to heal you. Yes. Use music to heal you." And um, even my ex-husband said, don't sell it. This is you. This is part mm-hmm. of you. Keep it. Keep it. Um, and a couple of friends said the same thing. And then so I arranged to have this grand piano I moved into where I'm living currently, which is a very, very small home. There's not space for a grand piano. <laughs> but somehow I've managed to wedge it in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I just started playing to to heal myself um, as therapy <sighs> Um, and when you just let it, yeah, just wash over you and speak to you and use it as music is intended, oh, My there's gosh. something um, yeah. really powerful, really powerful in that.
0: It's so, so beautiful, that, that powerful healing quality of music. I relate a lot. Rach, I'm a dancer and I'm a singer and it always gets me through life, so I completely awesome. understand. And I'm glad that it's been able to come back and, and serve you in this new way in your life now.
2: Thank you. So beautiful.
0: Um, So we absolutely love that you are this kick-ass female builder just kicking all these goals. (laughs) What is it like being a female in the construction industry? How have you navigated that over the years?
2: Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think there should be a lot more women in construction. To be honest, I haven't really noticed the whole um, stereotypical, you know, problem of being a woman in a male-dominated industry. I haven't really come across it. Or maybe it's, maybe it's there and I'm just ignorant to it or don't care because mm. I know I'm where I'm meant to be. Um, but I've been really supported by trades um, and chippies. Um, yeah, haven't haven't really come up against any um, bad attitudes generally. Um, but, yeah, I just think um, women do it better in construction, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, just, well, I mean, there's lots of things that I can't do and lots of things that I don't do well and make up and fly by the seat of my pants. But um, in general, you know, women, we're, um, I feel like we're kind of born for this, you know, we're great um, multitaskers, we're great visionaries, we're great organisers. Um, and then also just adding that, um motherly nurturing quality to a job site not that I am naturally motherly at all but there's something special about you've got two um, fur babies (laughs) I do have two fur babies I am a very good (laughs) fur baby mum yes but um yeah I don't feel like I'm naturally maternal but um still just having that feminine energy on a job site I think just Mm -hmm. um it makes it just is different feels different um Yeah, I I love it and I think there should be more of us. I truly, I truly believe, yeah, in women in construction.
1: Well, you're paving the way, that is for sure.
2: And, yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) I think just seeing you do it and seeing you do it with, yeah, so much, I guess, conviction but grace and just knowing that you, yeah, knowing that that's your path. Like it doesn't matter what other people think, um, you know, and, yeah, just setting that example I think is amazing because then nothing's off limits, you know? Like we can dream big and, and go in so many different directions. Uh so yeah. Thanks
0: for being Absolutely. such an, an amazing example. <laughs> Thank you, Cash. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's so inspiring. Keep just keep going. I I think it's interesting all through this interview you've talked about um like the people you've attracted in your life and I just it just seems to be like a common thread of like, I don't know, like you you're like good and you're in this good vibration. It's something we talk about a lot as well. And you attract people like the fact that you haven't come across that in the industry. I feel like other female builders may have. Mm. Uh, uh, I definitely found just when I renovated my house, being a female, it was so hard to, mm. to speak to other trades. I was never taken seriously. Yes. I just feel like that's a really like a credit to you, like the person you are and how you hold yourself. And as Cass said, like with such grace and, conviction this is this is me this is what I'm doing it's almost like you've just continually attracted those good people to just support you on this path that you're so clearly meant to be doing.
2: Mm, Thank you Sam yeah I don't really know what to say yeah just (laughs) um yeah I think it was a God-given um dream put on my heart yeah um yeah because it has been pretty wild Uh, um but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, it, the path of least resistance from that
0: card at the beginning, it yeah. really has maybe not easy but like where yes. you want it to go.
2: Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think uh, that's kind of like a, a big part of the key to business is that intuition, really following your guts because um, we all know, I think we all innately know if we just take a moment to listen to that s- small voice inside yeah. us and um just go go towards it, then yeah, I don't think you can go wrong. We've all got our own God-given purpose to live Absolutely. on this earth, right? Yeah, um, it's just trusting just trust take a moment to like trust it, mm. that's right.
1: Like yeah. back to the beginning of the story where you were saying like you didn't tell anybody that you were going into building but you completely trusted mm. yourself. And I think a lot of people, mm. they want everybody else's opinion. Like I'm going to ask my friend, I'm going to ask my parents, what mm. do they think? Do you think that's what I should do? Like I don't know. Like, But if you just stop listening and and really tune in you know you know what Absolutely. it is that's really brave of like to just go for it and be like i'll, I'll tell them after yes. i
2: do it <laughs> yes
1: yeah. yeah um oh it's just been such an amazing chat we've loved having you rach um can we end with some advice for creative entrepreneurs there's there's so many avenues in this creative industry that we can go in um you know some some listeners may not have started their business yet. Maybe they're really in the early days of that, you know, it does feel really grindy and hustly and a lot of hard work in those early days. What, what advice would you have um, for them given you've been on this journey and you're where you are at now?
2: Mm. Um, the first thing is probably outsource before you're ready mm-hmm. to. I fully believe in the power of outsourcing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, even in the early days when you, before you think you can kind of afford to, just try it on for size um, and it changes, it changes your life. Um, yeah, you know, even um, like I, I know where my zone of genius is and where I'm best spending my time um, and um, any other task that I either like really hate or is, you know, less than my potential hourly rate, my earning capacity, outsource it. Outsource it to experts who are better, much better at it um, than you are. Um, so even if it's just, you know, small things like um, getting someone to, uh, like on a personal level, get someone to, to clean your house, paying someone, Um, You know, a couple of years ago, I started to pay someone once a week just to come and clean my house. It's actually not that expensive, but life changing, you know, (laughs) Um, someone to come and mow the lawn, all those kinds of things. Um, And then in business, just outsourcing um, most things, you know, if I've got something that I know that I can earn, say, $300 an hour or whatever it may be, or $500 an hour, um, then that's where I should be spending by spending my time. Or sometimes I love tasks that, um, like sometimes I love being on a job site and just moving shoveling dirt around, which might be $25 an hour, but I'm happy to do that because I enjoy doing that. Yes. So, um, yeah, just maximizing your earning capacity or doing tasks that you love, anything else, just try and outsource it because then you can use that free time to, um, you know, be adding great value to your business within your skill strength. Or... Or which is what I'm trying to do um, um, lately is maybe not replace time for time but just do nothing, do nothing with that extra hour that I've gained back and sit and enjoy the freedom. I um, highly value and that's probably why I'm in business because the thing I value the most is freedom um, to manage my time, how I see fit, to do what I want when I want um, is is powerful and we should be able to do that if we're going to be in business. Otherwise, you may as well just have a job work for somebody yeah. else, right?
1: Yeah, you're speaking our um, language. We're hundred
0: yeah. percent
2: <laughs> yes. yes. Um, I'm just not a nine-to-five girl, mm. but thank goodness there are people that are nine-to-five people, um, you know, because, yeah, I, I, yeah, they're special, very, um, like Bronwyn, you know, she's a nine-to-five girl, but thank goodness for someone like her, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, we're all different, right? We've all got our different skills and strengths and ways that we like to be and operate. Um, so just yeah. play play to your strengths and know yourself so well that you can mould the business to suit you. Yeah. That's probably the first thing. Um, yeah. And then the second thing would be this is, you know, business 101, but just make sure you niche. You are really uh, specialising in something very, very specific. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the construction game, an example might be um You know, if you pull up at a set of lights and you see a truck, a trailer, a builder's trailer pull up next to you and they've got their signage on their trailer, which might say something like, um, builders, we do decks, pergolas, renovations, new builds, kitchens, bathrooms, commercial, hotels, hospitals, (laughs) anything (laughs) and everything, right? You'd see that and it'd just be noise to you, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Or if you pull up at a set of traffic lights and you're thinking about renovating your bathroom, right? And you pull up and there's a truck that pulls up next to you, a builder's truck. And the signage on the side says, we are the experts in bathroom renovations, right? Maybe the first truck guy, the first builder, he's excellent at bathroom renovations as well, right? But if you're wanting to renovate your bathroom, who are you going to call? You're going to call that second guy, right? Because (laughs) they niche in it. They specialize in it. So that is, you know, business 101. You must target something very, very specific, So for us, it's our style, I guess. Our style is very niche very particular. We do new builds and renovations and all of that, but it's the style that we um, specialize in. So don't try and be everything to everyone. Just pick something that you know there's a market for, first of all, and second of all, that you love, that you love. Yeah, that Um, that was
1: funny. I was driving behind this ute yesterday, literally yesterday, and the name of their business is just swimming pools. Hey, it is what a just that's like, great. It was like just swimming pools.com.au. And I was like, well, like, I, don't, I, I thought exactly the same thing. I was like, well, I guess I'd go to them for a
0: swimming pool. That's right. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. like, and I was like, that's actually so clever because, yeah, it's just narrowing down, you know, to specializing mm-hmm. in one thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's construction. I'm trying to think of an example that might help. I don't know. Cass, what's an example for, for you? What would well, be like your in, specialty? in
1: design, like in, you know, in graphic design, for example. So um, there's so many, uh, you know, avenues you can go. I started in specialising in wedding stationery. So I was specialising in that. I, I did dabble in other things, but I didn't really talk about it much. Um, and mm-hmm. then I pivoted into surface pattern design. So we do do like other little things here and there, but, you know, predominantly we do surface pattern design and in my coastal watercolor style so yeah that is you know our niche I guess but um, in graphic design do you specialize in branding do you specialize in website design do you specialize um, yeah and when people say to me like oh could you do us a website I'm like well I know how to do a website, but we're not going to do your website because yes. that's not what we do. I will send you to a website person, you know. So, yes. yeah, it's worth very much the same and I 100% yes. agree because you need to be known for something. Like something comes mm. up in a conversation and you're like, oh, yep, I know exactly who I would recommend for that because that's what they specialize
2: in. Exactly. Yeah, that's very powerful. And then maybe the final thing would be, um, as we were talking about before, um, your intuition and ability to, you know, know what's happening in the market, being able to be aware, um, yeah, and identify gaps in the market. Um, Yeah, we were talking earlier about before we joined the podcast about my door store. So that was something that I recognised in the market. There's Mm -hmm. a gap. Um, I was um, building beautiful homes and wanting to put lovely front doors in and realising, you know, off the shelf you can't get nice doors. If you want to get a nice door, you need to go to a joiner or, um, you know, get it made at a woodworking, you know, uh, factory um, and pay a lot of money for it. And so I could see that, hey, there's a gap in the market there. Why can't we buy beautiful doors off the shelf? So um, so then I started, I yeah, launched my door store. So we, yeah, design and manufacture um, and sell, yeah, beautiful feature doors that are affordable and off the shelf. Amazing. So, and that's, um, I've set that up, as I was saying before, it's outsourced. So all of the tasks associated with that side of the business, I outsource. I don't lift a finger for it. So that's now a passive income. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you can find opportunities in business, I guess this is a, a fourth tip. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah to, to read the market to find places to do, um, yeah, to create a passive income for yourself. Yeah, multiple
1: that's, income streams. Yeah, that's really being business savvy, isn't it? Like really having a commercial head on you and, you know, being really observant observant about what's going
2: on. Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah. Oh, so much good advice. Yeah, Thank love you it. so much. Thank you so much, Rach. I oh, feel my pleasure. like It's really sad. I don't want to say goodbye, but <laughs> we come we've come to the end of our interview and mm-hmm. you've just shared so much. Mm. There's so much to take from this. Um, this amazing chat and we just want to say a big thank you for sharing so openly and um, I'm sure anyone listening will take so much from it so thanks for being here with us today thank Thank you you, and absolutely I'll say it again head
2: to front port front (laughs) is that a tongue twister sometimes it's a total mouthful (laughs) I stuff it up daily (laughs) daily front
1: porch properties on Instagram um, to follow along, um, get some inspiration. Um, I'm definitely looking there for our new reno coming up. So
0: thank you guys. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us on A Creative Life. You can follow our creative lives on Instagram at castelladesign
1: at Design, and of course the podcast Instagram at The creative life podcast.
0: If you liked today's episode and want to hear more, we would love it if you subscribe and leave a review. And if you want to be featured on the potty with your own question, shoot us an
1: email to hello at a creative life We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Big love.